Ho, ho, ho! Greetings from the North Pole, and welcome to Money MD! We're giving presents to all the boys and girls for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We've been making a list and checking it twice and delivering common sense solutions to all your complex problems. Naughty or nice. And now, here are my delightful elves. Oh, <coughs> sorry. I mean doctors. That's right. Santa's money elves are here again. You know, we got Santa introducing us again this year. It's great to have him here. Kind of, kind of hard to get on a schedule. He's a little, he's busy this this time of year. Yeah, it is definitely hard to schedule to book Santa, but uh, we got him. We got so him. we're we here once again. What a great him. time of the year, isn't it? It is. It's it's wonderful. It's um, you know, the weather's out there is nice and you know frosty and um, crisp. Yeah, it is, and we're we're getting really close to uh, the big day here. We are. We are. It's coming right up. Great time of the year. So we hope you're enjoying the holiday season. We have a great show lineup today. But before we get into that, uh, by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro with over 23 years of experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis, also a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. I have an MBA in finance and I have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 25 years. And we're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to all the podcasts. You can also go out and check out the videos. A lot of tools, calculators, resources out there that we put um, for your benefit and uh, have a Facebook page and, uh, and a Twitter handle as well. So a lot of different things going on. And we'd love to hear you, hear from you. Um, you can email us directly at info at moneymd.net. Or you can uh, link to us right off of the website. Well, we do have a great show lined today. I meant to introduce that. We have the eight year-end tax tips, John. I mean, we're winding down here. A couple weeks. You know, just a couple weeks left. So we got some things you need to do if you haven't, or at least pay attention to here in the waning weeks of 2018. Yeah, and that doesn't really tie into our second topic, which is 11 ways to reduce holiday stress. I think talking about taxes is <laughs> going to increase it a little bit. But, well, you know, if you can yeah. decrease your taxes, that'll uh, produce, you know, some money for the budget, which would relieve some of the stress, right? Exactly. So I guess it does exactly. tie together. So we do have a, a good discussion about holiday stress, some things you can do in your life and day-to-day world that can uh, actually reduce it. I mean, it's a busy time of the year, but, um, you know, if you focus on the most important things, it makes it a little bit easier. So, Absolutely. And that leads us up here, though, to our first thing, and that is the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this came out from um, Xander. Uh, it's one of the companies that Dave Ramsey recommends for insurance, but they also do ID theft protection. And, uh, Steve, I don't know if you knew this, but ID theft is the fastest-growing crime in America. In 2017, there were more victims of ID theft and car theft and home burglaries combined. Wow. Well, it's just it's just gotten so big. I mean, when they when they do a breach now, it's like I, I mean, Marriott just did lost like 500 million, million. customers <laughs> information. It's like And I said, "Yeah, I think that includes us, honey. We we definitely have used one of those hotels." It's like and, a 12th of the world's population. I mean, it's just insane. It's it just It is just it's phenomenal, you know. So, I mean, I think you have to assume your information's out there on is. the dark web somewhere. You got to be careful. There are some ID protections. Xander does sell it. I don't know much about Xander. We do have uh, protection. We live in the state of South Carolina. They were breached back in, I think, 2013 or 2014, and they provide it now. 
that's one level of protection. Uh, another one is decrease your uh, freeze your credit. That's um, what we really recommend that's for most one. people. That's right, and and then keep an eye on on your uh, accounts. You know, look at them. Um, you know, people are fishing all the time for things, so not an easy thing to block. Um, but you know, there are some ways to to minimize it. I'd say the moral story: consider freezing your credit. Go to Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax website. Look into that. It's pretty easy. You know, might might cost you ten dollars, but then you can just thaw your credit temporarily whenever you want to apply for a new card or or something that requires accessing your credit account. But that's the only that's the best way. It is the best to uh, protect yourself from ID theft. But interesting fact of the week, nonetheless, and that leads us up here to our first topic, and that is the eight year end tax tips. Um, this comes from TurboTax, a very recent article. From there, but you know, whether you're having a good year or rebounding from the recent losses, and of course, the losses continue unfortunately this year in the market, um, are still struggling to get off the ground. You know, you might be able to save a lot on taxes if you make the right moves here before the end of the year. So, you need to consider some things. Um, you know, you don't want to leave some money on the table for Uncle Sam when you could have just made a few moves and saved some taxes. Um, first one here on the list, we'll jump right in this, John, is to defer some of your income. You know, I mean, and it's tough for employees to postpone wages, of course, or salary income, but you might be able to defer maybe a year end bonus in the next year. Um, <clears throat> you know, if it's a small company and they have some discretion in that area, uh, if you're self-employed, of course, or you do freelance or consulting work, you, you probably have some more leeway. You probably can delay billing until late in December <clears throat> or work with your with your 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 companies that you uh, work for and and not get them not to pay you till January, and <clears throat> you can ensure that you won't receive a payment maybe until until the next year by doing that. Um, but whether you're self-employed or employed, you can also defer income by taking some capital gains next year instead of this year. So if you have something you were going to sell that was going to realize gains, you can delay that until next year. Of course, it only makes sense to defer income if you think you're going to be in a lower tax bracket next year, um, or if you think you, you'll you be kicked into a higher tax bracket this year by, by taking that income. You don't want to be in a higher tax bracket next year if additional income pushes you into that bracket. So you want to be cognizant of what type tax bracket you're in this year and next year. You know, the brackets did get lowered this year, mm-hmm. right? The yep. uh, the uh, 12% tax bracket goes all the way up to about 101000 of gross income for a married couple this year. Um, so you need to kind of figure out where you fall and make sure that it makes sense to 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 try to defer some income. Yeah, the second uh, tax tip is um, you know look at some last minute tax deductions. Um, you know you may want to defer the income, but you also can lower your tax bill by accelerating the deductions into this year. For example, contributing to a charity is a great way to get a deduction if you have um, you know if you're going to have more than the standard de- deduction and you control the timing on that. You can also supercharge the tax benefits by donating appreciated stock or maybe property uh, rather than cash as well. Um, better yet, you know, as long as you've owned the asset for more than a year, you get a double tax benefit from the donation. You can deduct actually the market value on the date of the gift, but you also avoid paying capital gains tax on the built-up appreciation. So tax deductions, you got to, you know, plan on some of those. And the, the, the new tax law is a little tricky. So you want to talk with a CPA or do some research on it, but uh, it can be a way to, to lower your income. 
Yeah, gifting appreciated <clears throat> assets, I think, is a great way to do that. As you mentioned, um, you do have to have a receipt for any contributions, regardless of the amount. The IRS says now the old days that you only had to have a receipt if it was over $250 are long gone. Um, so, you know, but the other expenses that you can accelerate include maybe an estimated state income tax bill that's due in, um, in, in January 15th. Um, if you're paying estimated taxes, you can pay that fourth quarter's tax in, in this, this month, uh, before the end of the year. If you're, if you're able to itemize deductions, uh, property tax bills due next year, you can accelerate those into this year or maybe a doctor's bill or a hospital bill. So, you know, if you're going to if you're going to itemize deductions, you're you can accelerate those a little bit and that does help you. But remember that speeding up deductions can be a blunder if you're subject to alternative minimum tax. So, you know, or if you can't itemize. So, you have to be cognizant of those issues. Um, you know, and don't miss out on the valuable tax deductions if you can itemize rather than claiming the standard deduction this year. You know, according to the IRS, 75% of taxpayers take the standard deduction, but they could be missing out on some valuable tax deductions if they can't itemize. Of course, that itemize limit went up this year. Mm -hmm. So this year in 2018, if you're single, you get a $12,000 standard deduction. So that means you have to have more than $12,000 of deductions in order to be able to itemize. So it won't do you any good if you move deductions around if you don't exceed that limit. Same thing for married couples. It's now $24,000 for <clears throat> your standard deduction. Um, so that can make itemizing kind of remote for most people. Uh, so you need to look at that hard and figure out if, if it's even an issue. You know, if you're well below that limit, then it's not going to be an issue. Um, so, but if you're kind of on the on the borderline, your year-end strategy should be focused maybe on bunching your deductions. This is a practice of timing your expenses to produce kind of the lean and fat years and deductions. In one year, you can cram as many of your deductible expenses as possible into it. You know, maybe at the end of the year, um, you know, kind of pull forward some of your, your gifting and that sort of stuff. Um, and then the next year, you can, you can defer those to the following year. Um, you know, the goal is to kind of surpass the standard deduction amount and be able to trigger the, the write-offs. In alternating years, you can you can skimp on deductions and hold them to uh, you know below the standard deduction amount and just take the standard deduction. So that's one more one more way of uh, kind of focusing your deductions in one year and being able to claim those itemized deductions. The next item here is to beware of the the item the alternative minimum tax. Now this really doesn't <clears throat> affect that many people. Um, you know, people tend to worry about this, I think, more than, than they probably should. But uh, nonetheless, you do need to be cognizant of it. Originally, it was designed to make sure wealthy people don't use legal deductions to drive down their tax bill. But the alternative minimum tax is now increasingly affecting some middle class people. Um, you know, they're figured separately from your regular tax liability, and they use different rules. So, you know, whether you, ha you have to pay tax or not, is uh, is kind of dependent on whether you exceed this exemption. There's a $70,000 exemption for alternative taxes. If you're single, $109,000 exemption if you're married. And then the, at first rate you run into is 26%. 
Um, so you can see if the first 109,000 is exempt and then it hits 26%, you know, you probably have to be well over 200,000 for this really to affect you, but it could affect you. So if you're a higher income person, you need to be careful about that and kind of know where you fall because that affects whether these deductions mean anything for you. Um, <clears throat> so this is a year-end issue because certain expenses that are deductible under regular rules or candidates for accelerated payments are not deductible under AMT, and some of those are property taxes and state and local income taxes, for example, are not deductible under the alternative tax. So if you expect to be subject to the AMT in 2018, you know, don't pay the installments that are due in January 2019 for estimated taxes, for instance, you know, don't do that this month. Yeah, just wait, push it off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got to do a little bit of planning on this. It it definitely can be. Um, it's complex. Um, so definitely work with a, a CPA and um, and uh, figure out your tax situation. Another thing to look at, Steve, is selling uh, loser investments to offset some of the gains. It's called um, tax lost harvesting. It's where you you sell investments such as stocks or mutual funds that have. Um, have losses and you realize those losses. And, um, you know, the good thing is, is the losses offset the gains that you've had. If you have sold some things dollar for dollar, and if your losses are more than the gains, you can use up to $3,000 of excess losses to wipe out other income. So if you have more than the, you know, 3000 in, in, in losses, you can carry that over uh, year after year. And so you can use them to offset any 2018 gains plus uh, up to 3000 of other income. So, um, again, you can carry those losses over as long as you live. So, you know, there are, there are a lot of sectors of the market that are in bear market territory. I know the financial stocks yeah, are. Definitely. There's a lot of stocks out there. So if you own individual stocks, it may be something to, to take, a, take a look at. Yeah, definitely. This might be the year for doing that, <clears throat> taking advantage of that. Um, next one here is kind of the no-brainer, kind of the go-to thing for lowering your taxes, and that is maximizing your contributions to your retirement accounts. Um, you know, there's probably no better investment <clears throat> than a tax-deferred retirement account because they can grow to a substantial sum. They compound free of taxes over a lot of years, and the company-sponsored 401k is kind of your priority number one for most people because you get a match in that account. So you want to make sure you're getting your match in your account. But then try to increase your 401 contributions so that you're putting in the maximum amount allowed um, each year. And the, the limit for 2018 is $18,500 <clears throat> if you're less than 50, $24,500 if you're over 50. You know, I've never run into a person that was contributing that max that came up short for retirement. Mm, yeah, I mean, right. so, you know, if you do that for a long period of time, you're, you're probably going to be very successful being where you need to be in retirement. And so if you can't afford that much, though, try to contribute <clears throat> at least the amount that will be matched by the employer. You have to get that match. you got to do that no matter what. And you have until April 15th uh, next year to make your IRA contributions for 2018. But, you know, for, for 401ks, you really need to do it before the end of the year because it's a deduction from your, your wages, right? So you got to do that this year and work with your employer and make sure that you get that taken out and you max out your 401k. But for your IRAs, yeah, you can make it all the way up to April 15th when you file your taxes. You can contribute $5,500 for an IRA for 2018, um, extra $1,000 if you're over 50. So use the IRA calculator, you know, on a website or something to, to see, <clears throat> you know, where you're at or check check with your uh with your uh, 
for one, your your CPA, yeah. but you're just make sure you've contributed up to the limit. That's the key. Yeah, and another one here is uh, the kitty tax. Um, these are um, you know when you're investing for your kids, <clears throat> you know it prevents families from shifting the tax bill on investment income from mom and dad's high tax bracket to uh, their kids' low tax bracket. In 2018, you know the um, investment income above twenty one hundred dollars for a child. Um, you know, is treated at the same rates as trust and estates, which are typically higher than than rates for individuals. If the child is a full time student uh, who provides less than half of his or her support, the tax usually applies uh, until the year the age, uh, the child turns age twenty four. So, got to be careful if you plan to you know give a child stock or sell to pay for college expenses. If the gains are too large, and the child's unearned income exceeds twenty one hundred, you can end up paying more taxes. Um, like trust and estates do, which are in you know significantly higher than right. individuals. <clears throat> right. Yeah, that's a good one. The kitty tax definitely check on that. Another one is IRA distributions. Um, you, you know, once you reach seventy and a half, you have to take a required minimum distribution each year, an RMD, and failing to take that triggers one of the most draconian you know penalties of of, of all time from the IRS. Yes. You don't want to run into this. It's a 50% excise tax on the amount that should have been withdrawn based on your age, your life expectancy, and the amount and the account at the beginning of the year. So, you know, you have to take out like 3.65% the first year that you hit 70 and a half. And if it falls short of that, you know, it's going to be a big penalty. Um, there are some ways to get around that penalty. I think there's some there's some kind of a form you can file to mm-hmm. to avoid that penalty, you know, and if you have a good reason, but uh, you don't want to be there. So just just make sure you get it out, and it has to be out by December 31st. So that's coming right up here in the next few weeks. Make sure you're on track for that. When you make withdrawals, um, ask your IRA custodian to withhold tax from the payment. <clears throat> you don't want to make a withdrawal and then end up owing a whole bunch, um, you know, when you file your taxes. So that's not a good surprise either. So make sure withholding is, it's voluntary. You don't have to withhold, but you can set the amount, you know, and then <clears throat> opt for withholding less, uh, if you, if you're overpaying, but, uh, or if you're making quarterly estimated payments, but make sure you get withholding right. And uh, one of the advantages of Roth IRAs, by the way, is that you never have to make an RMD from the account. Um, It only applies to IRAs. So Roth is a great option and uh, you can convert some money, you know, before you hit seven and a half and and have that money then continue to grow tax free or tax deferred. So... Yeah, the last one here on the list is uh, flexible spending accounts. This is a great account. Uh, companies offer it as a fringe benefit. They allow their employees to steer part of their pay into a special account that they have to pay child care or maybe <laughs> medical bills. Uh, the advantage is you don't have to pay taxes, income, or Social Security taxes on it. But the catch is is that if you don't use it, you lose it. So you have to decide at the beginning of the year how much you're going to contribute to the plan and make sure you use it um, by the end of the year. Otherwise, you're, you're going to lose it all. So make sure if you have the FSA accounts, flexible spending accounts, that you're um, that you're going to spend it. Absolutely, yeah. And there is a, a grace period. I think they've set on that up to March fifteenth now. Um, <clears throat> so if you've set aside money and you don't get it all out by the end of the, end of the, the month, check with your employer. But you know, most of them have a grace period now uh, that goes up to uh, up to the middle of March. Okay, and that's your tax tips for the end of the year, and that leads us up here to our question of the week. This question is about investing in 2019. Um, Question is, how much can I invest in a Roth? 
uh, IRA in 2019, and they've raised the limits. Some good news. Um, the yeah. old limit used to be 5,500. Um, now it's 6,000 if you're under 50, and um, it's now 7,000 if you're over 50. So they've raised it by $500. They've also raised the 401ks up to 19000 and 25000 respectively, for uh, age. So everything went up by $500. <clears throat> that's right. That's right. So, uh, you know, maybe an opportunity to put a little bit more in the markets next year. I know we're talking to our clients that do the monthly contributions about, you know, changing their their contributions. It's 500 bucks. You know, it's going to be about 40 bucks a month more. So um, take a look at your budget. Yeah, you want to take advantage of <clears throat> everything they give you. So... That's a great point. <clears throat> All right. And then what leads us up to our, to our next topic, and that is the 11 ways to reduce holiday stress. Yeah, this is from the Ramsey organization, and it's certainly no secret that, you know, Christmas season can be overwhelming. According to our survey by Healthline, 62% of people said their stress level increases during the holiday season. I figure it would be a little bit higher than that, but still a pretty big percent. And it's it's kind of easy to see why. I mean, you, people put strain on themselves. Uh, your family is, can be stressful. Your wallet is stress. You know, the less room you have to, to truly enjoy the magic of the season. So we're going to go through these 11 ways to make sure that you keep them merry in Christmas. And, um, maybe you, you kind of step back a little bit and just enjoy, uh, the process a little bit versus getting so caught up in, um, in all the hustle and, and bustle. And the first one is, is make a to-do list. Check it twice, right? Find out who's naughty or nice. That's right. That's right. That's what Santa does, right? Yeah, of course. Santa, (laughs) he's organized. You got to have a mental list. Uh, Write it down, your shopping list. Um, You know, you may have a calendar. Uh, That's what my wife uses. She has a calendar and scratches things out and kind of keeps her on task. And if your shopping needs to be done by a certain date, you can write that down on the calendar. If your neighbors have a yearly bash on the second Saturday of December, write it down because there's a lot of activities. I know I look at like the newspaper and I was like, oh, I want to go do that. I want to go do that. But I don't have the the master calendar in front of us. So sometimes my, my wants don't, you know, we're not able to go because we have something else. But to-do right. lists are good. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Yep. And next year, avoid too many commitments. You know, I mean, most likely your December schedule is sure to include some party invitations. Um, you know, I, matter of fact, I had one at my house last night, mm. Young Life Party. So I'm dragging a little bit today. Good. You have to excuse yeah. me. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, we have a couple of them this week, and um, you, so you have to kind of budget your time and not let yourself get overcommitted. Um, you don't have to do everything on the calendar. You're in control. Remember that you can't be everywhere at the same time. Um, you can only attend so many family dinners, drive so far, give so much. So just like your money, you have some limits with your time, and make sure you, you impose those and, and don't let other people kind of control your schedule and your emotions around that. Yeah. And the next one on the list, number three, try not to wait to the last minute. Delaying something to the last minute rarely is a good idea. Christmas shopping is a perfect example. A lot of people wait until halfway through December, then they dash, you know, to the malls and in a panic to buy gifts. Um, you know, the good news is, you know, you're, you're starting relatively early. You got a couple of weeks here. Um, you know, you probably just added about five years to your life because you're more relaxed already, right? With these first three tips. So (laughs) trying to do all your Christmas shopping or cooking in one weekend can, can really push you over the edge. So, you know, the idea is to have fun buying gifts. Um, so don't make it like a chore when you go out, you get in traffic, just relax, turn on some Christmas music and, you know, just chill. That's right. Next one on the list here is have a glass of wine. Uh, no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just kidding. Christmas budget. Come on. Christmas budget. You know, but wine may help too. Yeah, that's that's on there somewhere. Isn't it? <laughs> that's right. Uh, but make a Christmas budget. You know, I mean, you, you saw this one coming, right? I mean, yeah, we're all about budgets here. 
it's no shocker, but <clears throat> you know, you need to to have a Christmas budget <clears throat> for sure. You need to know how much you're going to spend on your gifts. And and that really does reduce stress, John, because that way you know, you can spend guilt-free and you don't have to wonder whether or not you have enough to do it and whether or not that, you know, this is appropriate for your gifts. So just do a little planning, have a budget for how much you're going to spend on gifts. Kind of, you know, give yourself plenty of time. Don't don't wait till the last minute <clears throat> to buy these gifts because that increases stress too and it makes you spend more money because then you're panicking and you're trying to make sure that you get something you know, if it's not exactly right, then you, you just overspend trying to trying to make it better. Um, so take some time to think about all your Christmas expenses and, you know, decide how much you're going to spend. Make a plan. Don't blow it. You know, all, all avoid all the impulse spending when you max out your budget. And so that's it. You know, you're done. Do the budget. Do the budget. Yeah, another one here is get rid of clutter. Um, this I like this one. We've started doing this in our house. When something comes in, you got to take something out. Right, you only need you know a certain number of pair of shoes or ties or whatever. Yep. So if you get something new, you know use it uh, as an opportunity to um, to give it away. Right, go to Goodwill. <clears throat> There's a lot of great organizations that need you know clothing or other things. You can maybe get a deduction for it as well. But try to reduce your clutter um, as things come in from Christmas. Number six here is avoid family conflict. So this is um, maybe tricky to navigate. Um, you know you've got your Aunt Betsy and Granny Gertrude who will push your buttons. Uh, instead of going to the family event and trying to master the the fine art of not stepping on the eggshells the entire night, just um, avoid certain topics. You know, certainly politics, I know, is um, raises a lot of blood pressure in people's lives these days. So it's just stay away from that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Next one here on the list is if you're hosting a Christmas dinner or a Christmas party, make it more of a potluck event, okay? I mean, don't put all the stress on yourself to make every item um, and have everybody come in and you provide everything, that's a ton of stress. It's a lot more relaxing to have kind of a potluck party where you provide maybe one of the main things. But, uh, you know, just because it's Christmas time doesn't mean you have to stretch yourself out making a full feast for the masses. Scale things back, reduce your stress level with the potluck dinner, keep it simple, you know, trust us, you know, it, it isn't as cringeworthy as it might sound. I mean, have each one of your guests bring their favorite side dish. You know, it'll be better food that way because everybody's bringing their absolute favorite thing. They're putting a lot of effort into it. It's a family recipe, um, <clears throat> you know, that they're adding to the meal. And don't worry about preparing, you know, all the big things, you know, the turkey, the ham, and all the things that really take a lot of, a lot of coordination and effort. Mm -hmm. Keep it simple. Yeah, and, and uh, you know when they do when you do have a potluck dinner, don't overeat, right? It's it's difficult when you have a smorgasbord of food and desserts yep. and so forth just to stuff yourself. So um, you, you got to be careful. It's very easy to um, put a lot of pounds on. Exercise a little bit, walk. Um, you know, so so try to stay healthy. Um, washing hands, get enough sleep during the time. I mean, you know, we're we're doing Christmas for a reason, and it's not to be so yeah. stressed. Exactly. Yeah. Avoid the, the candy and all that stuff. Right. For sure. And, um, you know, make time for the downtime. <clears throat> um, you know, keep your, your pace, uh, you keep your peace and, and quiet. Um, you have to have some me time, if you will, to help keep your sanity. You know, it really doesn't matter what part of the day it is that the early morning hours or the evening, you know, when the kids are asleep, just make time for yourself to enjoy the things you love, you know, 
sit down, read a book, you know, do a Christmas devotional Advent plan, um, you know, catch up on your favorite Netflix show or, you know, drive into one of those, you know, um, you know, cheesy, che- go get one of those cheesy Hallmark movies. There you go. Uh, there you go. Whatever you enjoy, just have some downtime, you know, for yourself. Don't don't make yourself, you know, stressed out that you have to be everywhere for everybody. Yeah, and remember what the season's about. It's um, you know being with family, celebrating, um, you know, the the Christmas time and what it means for for different folks. And um, you know, it's not supposed to be stressful, uh, and it's hard to. For it not to be stressful, because we try to pack everything in there, but um, be be con- conscientious of it, be intentional, and uh, maybe you can lower your stress level as you go through this holiday season. Yep, good list, good tips, and that leads us up here to our final thing, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, so um, you know, personal finance, Steve, is eighty percent behavior and twenty percent knowledge, and uh, that's interesting because once you have the knowledge, it really you have to control your behavior. If you look at some of the statistics from the Ramsey organization, about 70% of couples don't budget. Uh, about 78% live paycheck to paycheck. So that's directly correlated. Mm. And about 66 um, of Americans would struggle to pay for a $1,000 emergency fund. So, Ouch. you know, if you're not, you first of all, you got to get the knowledge. Um, and there's a lot of resources, whether it's us or Dave Ramsey or other podcasts that you listen to. But once you get it, you then have to have the right behavior. And we talk about budgeting all the time, but it, there's a correlation. If you're not budgeting, you're going to, you know, fall likely into one of these categories. That's absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, a thousand dollars, that's so minimal, you know, and if you can't handle a thousand dollar expense, then obviously you're going to get in trouble very quickly with debt. So you got to have a good solid emergency fund. Um, you got to be, you know, somewhat prepared. Um, you can't just live paycheck to paycheck, have that budget that we talked about, you know, and, and take some of the stress out of Christmas and out of the holidays by knowing that you're on track. Um, so anyway. Yeah, there's there's a great class out there uh, in closing, Financial Peace University. Um, I, I attend Cedar Creek over in, in Aiken, and we're going to be hosting that in uh, late January. So if you go to DaveRamsey.com, you can key in your zip code, and there's classes that are going to be popping up all over the CSRA. So it's a nine-week class. It's life-changing. So be a great way to start out the new year. Absolutely. Okay, and that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week. There are more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. 